You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're your hosts, Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman. Have you ever wondered how the heck brands and businesses get featured in the media? Whether it's news segments, TV airtime, magazine features, or even how the heck to be a guest on podcasts like ours. <laughs> the big question you probably have is how? Well, my friend, today we have the beautiful, sassy, spitfire Christina Nicholson on the show to talk all about how to pitch yourself or your biz to the media in a way that actually will stand out and not just be another email and an inbox of 20,000. With her business, Media Maven, and her podcast, Become a Media Maven, Christina Nicholson is a TV host who helps bloggers and business owners grow by reaching thousands, even millions, of their ideal customers or clients in minutes instead of months through the power of traditional and new media without spending big bucks on advertising. Christina started her PR agency after working as a TV anchor and reporter for more than 10 years with an infant and toddler at home. In four years, she grew Media Maven to a million-dollar business with a remote team and another infant at home. (laughs) You can still see her in front of the camera as a host on Lifetime TV, in national commercials, on the TEDx stage, and read her work online in places like HuffPost, Thrive Global, Inc. Magazine, Business Insider, Fast Company, and Boss Babe. Guys, she's awesome. (laughs) She was selected as an Oprah Magazine Insider and Ambassador out of thousands of applicants. Christina also has a local lifestyle and family blog at Christina All Day, and she lives in South Florida with her husband and three young children. You are just going to freaking love this woman. Oh, my Lanta. Christina talks all about how to go about pitching in a brilliant way that cuts through the noise in all of the media. She gives tangible advice that's backed from actually being on the other side when she used to work at a news station. And in this episode, we cover what the media is specifically looking for in pitches, how to pitch yourself how to stand out in an email, and the marketing mistakes most business owners make. And we even touched a little bit on money mindset too. So there's just so many nuggets of wisdom in this episode. It's so, 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 so good. And she is going to be just your best friend after this. Like, don't you dare go anywhere. Christina is about to blow your mind. After this, you are going to be ready to pitch like a boss. You ready? Okay, let's go. You're listening to the Heart and Hustle podcast with Evie Rupp and Lindsay Roman, two photographers turned entrepreneurs and founders of the Heart University. If you're a creative entrepreneur or a motivated dreamer wanting to make the most of your life, this podcast is for you. Each week, Evie and Lindsay bring you actionable tools to uplevel your business and life. So if you're ready to step up to the plate and pursue your God-given potential, you're in the right place. You're ready to live your life and run your business to its fullest? Then buckle up, because here are your hosts, Evie and Lindsay. All right, Christina, welcome to the Heart and Hustle podcast. We're so, so, so excited to have you on today. I am so excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, of course. This is going to be so good. You're amazing. So for anyone who doesn't know that you're amazing, doesn't know you, can you just start off by telling us your story and a little bit about yourself? Yes. Okay. Well, I will uh, back up a little bit. My background is in TV. So I was a TV reporter and a TV anchor for 10 years. And um, during that time, I had a couple of kids and the schedule is not very conducive to having kids. Like you don't want to stand in a hurricane for 12 hours straight. (laughs) You don't want to hang out outside crime scenes all day, every day. And the hours are crazy. So I needed to get out of the industry. So I started looking for jobs in PR because 
When you're a journalist, you are pitched all the time by business owners and by publicists who want to get in the news. You know, they want that exposure without spending money on advertising. And being on the other side of that, I saw a lot of things that people did wrong. Like the pitches, nine out of 10 of them were terrible. So I said, you know what? I know how to do this from being on the receiving end of it and seeing how terrible it is. So I'll just work at a PR agency. And it was funny, a lot of PR agencies wouldn't hire me because I didn't have agency experience. And these were the same agencies that would send me emails all day, every day, trying to get their clients on TV. And I was like, listen, I may not have agency experience, but I delete every single email you send me and I don't do the story. And like, if I work for you, I could fix that problem and actually get your clients on air. And they were like, oh, no, thanks. I'm like, oh, dear Lord. So I ended up like, you're lost. <laughs> Somebody saw the value in that and hired me. And I worked at this agency for just six months. I took a pay cut. I believed this guy when he told me that I was going to have a flexible schedule and like all of the things, right? Like it was a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. He turned out to be a total whack job, like oh, no. terrible boss, terrible experience. So during that six months at that agency, I started side hustling and I was like, fine, then I'm just going to be a freelancer. I'll just take on jobs from other agencies. I'll find work on LinkedIn and Upwork. And I'm just going to do this myself. Um, and the plan was to replace my income and then quit. But I don't have a filter on my mouth. And, <laughs> <laughs> and on the 4th, the 4th of July, like the whole building is closed. Everybody's off work. The boss is on a vacation somewhere. And he had security let us in the building, let us in our office so we could work on the 4th of July. And then he called the office like every hour to make sure we were still there and we didn't leave. Oh my gosh. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Just, yeah. So I told him he was a sociopath. And <laughs> after that, <laughs> after that, I didn't have a job. I gave my <laughs> two weeks notice. And then a week into my two weeks notice, he cut off my email. So I either quit <gasps> or I was fired. Still up for debate. So then after that, I was kind of like forced into this freelance career. So I worked like crazy for two hours, two, two years. I worked like crazy, like 12 hours a day, seven days a week. And I was miserable because, you know, when you start freelancing, it's like one month is good. The next month is bad. The next month is bad. Mm-hmm. Then one is good. And it's just like you have no stable income. Yeah. Fast forward. I hired a business coach. I changed my money mindset. I slowly started building a team. So even though I was giving up some money, I was, you know, gaining some sanity and gaining more time to do different things. So today, um, five years after leaving that crazy job, I have a public relations agency with a team of 11 and, uh, we're all remote. We all work from home even before it was trendy. Like that's always what I've wanted. I've always wanted, you know, this, this company that, is focused on lifestyle. Like you don't need to drive to an office. Like you can, all you need is the Wi-Fi at home. So, um, we do that. And then through this process of building the PR agency, I launched an online course called the media mentoring program because a lot of people would reach out to me and they would be like, I want to get in the news. I want this, but I can't afford an agency. So then I said, all right, well, let me just tell you what to do. And then you do it. So mm-hmm. I launched that. Um, started a podcast, um, called become a media maven where I kind of share, you know, different stories, like that about business and marketing. Um, 
recently launched something called Podcast Clout. Shout out to podcasts and podcasters, which helps people find the right podcast to pitch to be a guest on. Because as you know, looking for podcasts to pitch to be a guest on, like that's a time-consuming process. And you kind of just have to scroll through Apple Podcasts. When I was a reporter, I would get hundreds of emails a day. And I was always like, how are these people finding me? Like, where, where are these people coming from? Well, that's because there's databases that exist for people in PR to find the contact information for people at TV stations, newspapers, magazines, the whole thing, but not podcasts. So I created wow. the, the platform for podcasts and um, had a baby almost a year ago. So doing all of this from home with now three kids. And, uh, and then I have, you know, my fun, I call it my side hustle, my fun little lifestyle family blog on the side. You are so cool. cool. Yeah. (laughs) Like, we're just like, what? I love you already. Yeah. Like, I can just tell you are just like this spicy firecracker. And uh, I want to come to Florida and hang out with you now. (laughs) Oh, well, I'm glad you appreciate it because sometimes it gets me in trouble. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We are here for it. I mean, although it, it didn't end well with the job, it led you to where you are you are now, which is highly successful and crushing it. So I would argue it uh, led you where you were meant to be all along. Yes. It's one of those things, right, where people say, oh, it's a blessing in disguise. But at the beginning, they just tell you that to, to make you feel better. But then at the end, you're like, oh, yes, it was a blessing in disguise. <laughs> exactly. It. Okay. Well, perfect. I am so stoked to kind of get started. You have so much expertise, just like you said, in the in the media side of like knowing what what companies and news outlets and media in general just is looking for. So you obviously have a background, like you said, in news, television, and media. So from your perspective of being in that world, could you give us some insight into what the media is looking for from brands and business owners so that we know how to frame our media pitch in like the best light possible to actually get that media coverage? Yeah, that's a great question. I think what people need to realize is that it is not the media's job to promote you. It is not their job to give you a free commercial. And everybody thinks of themselves when they're putting themselves out and pitching the media. They think that they have the best, the best product or the best service. And it's so different for these reasons when really it's not. They're just seeing it from their perspective. So mm-hmm. when you are reaching out to a member of the media and all forms of media are different, but speaking from a TV journalist perspective, You just have to help them do their job. Like it's their job to tell the news. It's not their job to promote you. So what's already happening in the news? How can you piggyback off of it? How is this relevant to you? And if you can offer them another angle that they haven't covered yet to something that's newsworthy, that's going to be your low-hanging fruit. Um, Take a look at the calendar. Why should this reporter do this story right now? If you don't give them a reason to do it right now, then it's not going to be very newsworthy and they're going to put it on the shelf and they're probably going to forget about it and never go back to it. Um, that's mm. for more traditional media coverage. When we talk about podcasts, which I love podcasts for people, especially when it comes to building a personal brand, because there is something about a podcast listener. They are so much more likely to invest in themselves and invest in their business because they're taking the time to learn, um, and to be educated in an entertaining way. People who watch TV, they don't necessarily watch the news to be educated or entertained. They're watching it because it's on in the background or 
they're, they're scrolling, you know, through an online article just because they saw a tweet and they wanted to grab something real quick. So people who listen to podcasts are so much more invested. And with podcasts, it's more about showing your expertise. With podcasts, there's a little less of a timeliness factor just because some people record, you know, three months in advance. Some people, I mean, depending on what's going on in the world, you know, they can change their content calendar. But when it comes to podcasts, it's a bigger focus on your expertise. And you don't have to be visual, right? Like when we pitch TV, we talk about the visuals that we can offer. With podcasts, it doesn't really matter. So you just have to think of who you're pitching and when you're pitching and what you're going to pitch because it's all going to be different. I love that. Well, and I think this is just like a marketing principle, honestly, and just applying it even to pitching media is so important. But like um, me and Evie love the book, um, building a story brand by Donald Miller. He is like a huge market. I love him. But like in his book, he talks about like getting your ideal client, like helping them get from point A to point B. Um, and honestly, that's like all marketing is, is like your business is meant to help people get from point A to point B. And so if you kind of rework that in how you pitch the media, like you just said, I feel like that's so applicable because it's the media is a business. They're trying to get from point A to point B. And if you can step in and be like, here, here's my content that's going to help you do that. Then like, you're much more likely to get featured. I feel like. So I love that you just said that. Yeah. And I think the problem, the biggest mistake that I saw people make, there were two. One of them, and unfortunately, a lot of PR agencies do this, and it's annoying because, you know, like you feel bad for the clients who are spending thousands of dollars a month, and this is what their agencies are doing. They're sending the same email. Say they'll, they'll go in their database, right, that I, that I told you exists, and they'll maybe, maybe you have a company that, um, that sells um, shoes. So they'll go in their database, and they'll search all the information. They'll, they'll search fashion, and then they'll search accessories. And it'll give them a list of 2,000 journalists that write about fashion accessories. And they will email all 2,000 the same thing at the exact same time. That is extreme. You would be shocked at how common that is. I would say 8 out of 10 publicists do that. No joke. And it's very ineffective. It's very obvious when that happens. Um, That's one mistake. And then the other mistake, like I mentioned, it's just like, these are my shoes. This is what I make. And you should cover it because this and this, the founder's unique because this and this, like, it's just not newsworthy. You have to, to make things newsworthy. It's, and, and if you're not going to make it newsworthy, then you got to shell out a whole bunch of money and buy an ad. And as we all know, ads don't resonate the way they do with earned media. People know you're paying to be there. So you don't have that authority. You don't have that credibility. Um, and honestly, the hardest part of the whole thing is finding that newsworthy element. It's finding a way to be newsworthy and exciting and get people's attention because there's a lot of competition. A lot of people want to earn media. But if you want to stand out from your competition and you want to get that credibility and authority, then this is a, it's a long-term marketing strategy and it's something that you have to pay attention to literally every week in your business. Oh my gosh. Wow. I am literally nerding out so hard just loving this conversation. <laughs> I'm excited. (laughs) Um, Okay. Well, you kind of mentioned that promoting something that's very like, these are my shoes and and I'm unique because like the founder does X, Y, and Z. So that's obviously not working and doesn't work. So I think like my question with that would be, you said we have to make it newsworthy or exciting. Do you have any advice or ideas or tips for how to 
frame something, a story or your business or whatever in such a way that actually becomes like newsworthy and exciting? Like how can we strategically try to do that? Totally. I mean, I think the best way is just to give you real life examples of how I've done this for clients. So going the accessory route, I have a client that sells bracelets, little words project, very cute. Like they have the, um, the sayings on them, you know, like it'll say, be brave, be bold, whatever. Mm -hmm. And We've done two things with this brand. We've gotten the bracelet coverage in media outlets, and we've gotten the founder coverage in media outlets as an expert in her industry. So speaking on the bracelet side, um, you got to think of accessory roundups, right? So like the 10 things to shop for your mom on Mother's Day, and it'll be one of 10 things. Um, and a great way to find people to pitch for that besides using those databases that I told you about is you search Mother's Day gifts and look at, obviously you're going to want to do this before Mother's Day. So do this maybe a month or two before Mother's Day. Look at everybody who wrote those roundups last year, pull up those old articles and connect with that writer on Twitter. All of the journalists are on Twitter. So you want to connect on Twitter and then you say, Hey, I noticed you wrote this last year. Are you doing it again this year? If so, please consider my product. And if you do have a product, you want to be prepared to send that product because a lot of people are going to want samples. Some mm-hmm. people do this to be shady because they're contributors and they just want to collect free things. So just be mindful of that. Other ones, the real journalists will take it. They'll look at it. They'll see if they like it and they will send it back to you. So just something to be mindful of because today on the internet, everybody calls themselves a journalist when they're really just contributors and they kind of take advantage. Um, mm. But the roundups for products are good. And then so the founder, she is 30 years old. So she's very young, has a successful business. And she's a female and she is of Hispanic descent. So we reached out to um, the people at Forbes who cover um, females and who also cover um, Hispanic um, entrepreneurs. And we were like, hey, this person's 30. She's running a multi-million dollar business. She started making these bracelets in her in her um, dorm room in college. Um, and she's got a great story to tell. Now, normally that would sound promotional, but because we reached out to the female uh, founder writer and the um, Hispanic entrepreneur writer, it was different. It was a little bit more niched. Um, so that's an example of that. I can give you another example. This one's more of a service. It was an app. These two guys actually came to me after they hired somebody in PR to pitch their app. It was a running app. So like if you're in Hawaii and California and I'm in Florida and we all want to race against each other, we can do it with this app. So the person um, before me was just pitching the app. And I was like, well, that's not newsworthy. Like there's a million fitness apps. Like why should we care about this one? Well, the Mm. two founders, one of them lost half his body weight running So he had a really cool personal story to tell with great images. The other founder was a personal trainer. So he had that expertise. So whenever we got the personal trainer quoted, he was quoted as the founder of this app, which as a side effect, gave this app that promotion, gave them that backlink. And then when we told the other um, founder his story about how he used to weigh 400 pounds, now he weighs 200. He did it through running. And because of that, he created this app to help other people. Like that gets people, people are interested in the story, but as a side effect, you talk about the app. And in three months with those two different angles, um, using them at different times in different places, we got these guys coverage on TV in Washington, DC, which is a top 10 market. The wow. Washington Post, the Chicago Tribune, the Today Show, um, we got them eventually in runner's world. 
We worked for a year to almost a year to get them in runner's world because that was their number one goal. And because magazines work three months in advance, it probably took us maybe six months to get there. So you always have to be not just pitching, but you have to be following up and tweaking the angle and tweaking the story because just because it's not a fit right now in December doesn't mean it won't be a fit in April when more people are out running. Because remember, this is a national outlet that running outside is maybe not a good story for winter, but it's better in the spring. So you just have to, to again, think of the news cycle and think, you know, maybe this writer was in a mood he, the day that he got that email and you're getting him at a better time when you pitch him with a slightly different angle a few months later. Um, and also that leads to another point. Um, people get really excited about the Today Show, right? But these guys saw so much more profit from their publicity when they were in runner's world because it was so much more niched. Everybody mm-hmm. who reads runner's world would care about this app when a lot of people watching the Today Show won't care. Mm-hmm. And I find a lot of people, they get real focused on the big stuff just because, you know, it sounds cool and it makes them look cool, which is true. And that does add to your credibility and authority, but that doesn't mean you have to ignore the little stuff because that little stuff makes a huge difference too. Yeah. My mind is blown right now. (laughs) (laughs) Just like you're spewing out so much helpful knowledge. Like I'm learning stuff. I know that our listeners are learning stuff. So wow. Okay. Um, (laughs) My next question I, I think there's like a misconception about how entrepreneur, entrepreneurs or just brands in general get media exposure. I think a lot of people think that you have to wait for a big publication to reach out to you when it's actually really reaching out and starting to pitch before they come to you. So how would you recommend building like a media pitch list to get that coverage in front of your ideal customer? Oh my gosh. Okay. I love this question for so many reasons. Um, one is that... That, first of all, just the fact that people think that that goes to show you what the perception of earning media is. Like when you're in the news, people think automatically you're a big brand with lots of money, you're successful, and that's who people want to do business with. But that's not always the case. Like the guys with the running app, they were making zero dollars. They were, they had full time jobs and they were just working on this app on the weekends and that night. But because they were in all these places, it just gives you the perception. I had another client. She was actually in my online course and we got her. She was a, um, she's actually in um, Southern California. She's in San Diego and she, um, is a dietitian and she wanted to reach more moms. And we got her a segment on San Diego TV for five minutes, um, talking about how to pack your kids lunch. So they actually eat it instead of not eating it. And (laughs) the day after that aired, um, she got a brand deal with a local company in San Diego who made some kind of snack, some kind of food. And they saw her on TV. So they were like, ooh, we'll pay you to be like the spokesperson for our brand and to write about our brand on your blog. Like they automatically assumed she was a local influencer because she did a segment <laughs> on TV. So when people say, oh, I'm not big enough yet. I, like I'm not ready. That is not an excuse at all. And I see this a lot, you know, like I'm sure you guys are in, you know, the Facebook groups for women in business and people mm-hmm. say things like, oh, I, I'm not making any money, mm-hmm. um, but I can't hire a business coach or I can't do PR until I make money. It's like, you're thinking of this the other way around. Yep. That's why you're not making money. You're not making money because you don't have a coach. You're not making money because nobody knows about you. You're not doing really PR. Yeah. So... I think people are thinking about it backwards. You actually need to do the work first to get the money. 
And Mm -hmm. as far as, as hiring a PR agency, and I'm saying this as a PR agency owner, you do not need an agency at all. You just need to know what to do. I can tell you, and I think I don't really believe in karma, but if I did, this is it biting me in the ass. When I was a reporter, (laughs) when I was a reporter and I would move on a story that a publicist pitched me, I would always bypass the publicist and go straight to like the business owner because publicists were so freaking annoying. When I would do the story, they would like babysit their clients, tell their clients what to say, tell me what questions to ask, tell me how to do the story. And I was like, no, honey, that is not how this works. So wow. I would always bypass the publicist. And now, of course, some journalists do that to me. And I'm like, no, 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 listen, I'm cool. I don't babysit my clients. I just let them do their thing. Like, I get it. I have been where you are. Um, so for people who think that, you know, you need an agency to look legit or you need somebody else to pitch you, trust, it makes no difference. You can pitch yourself and get just as good earned media as anybody else with a big PR agency. You just have to know what to do. You have to know how to reach out. You have to know how to follow up. You have to find that newsworthy element because there are people who are way worse than you in business. There are people who are meaner than you. There are people who um, have terrible customer service. Like there are your competitors. There are some people that really suck, but Mm -hmm. because they're putting themselves out there and they may be good at pitching, they are blowing you away. So it's really just about putting yourself out there and you don't need a PR agency to do it. You don't need to wait to be successful to do it. It is what makes you successful. Oh, that's so good. That's mic drop. (laughs) Who thinks the legal part of running a biz is scary and expensive? Well, my friend, it doesn't have to be. Introducing the Contract Vault, which provides all access to reliable contract templates specific to the creative entrepreneur industry. On top of the contracts, you get access to the members-only Facebook group where Andrea Sager, the founder, teaches live every single month all about the legal stuff. Whether you've made $100, $1,000, $10,000, or a million dollars, you are still responsible for all the legal stuff, just like Fortune 500 companies are. You ain't exempt, honey. <laughs> the problem is that most of us entrepreneurs aren't lawyers, so the whole legal side of things can be crazy confusing. But the Contract Vault aims to arm you with all the legal knowledge in order to steer clear of those cease and desist letters and yucky lawsuits. All that messy stuff that you do not want to deal with. So sign up now at thecontractvault.com and use the promo code Heart and Hustle for 20% off to get your hands on more than 80 contract templates and the legal knowledge you need to crush it in your business. I mean, you have to invest. That goes just as a a principle, like a foundational principle for almost anything you do in your business, you almost always have to invest first and take a risk first before you're able to see the results. And if you're waiting to see the results before you take the risk, either it's going to take you a long, long time, or it's just not going to happen because you're doing it out of order. So to, to take that risk and work to get yourself you know, media coverage or get your name out there or invest in that business coach or whatever that is, the results are going to come from that. But it is a risk and it is scary. So I, I could not amen enough just your encouragement of like, do it, get it, like go for it. And you know what? I have two comments to that. One, 
I wish I would have done it sooner. For the first two years of my business, I was miserable working 12 hours a day, not knowing where the next, you know, like what was going to happen next month. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was honestly, it, it was a bad money mindset that I did not know I had. And I feel like if you are somebody who has ever said, I can't afford it, you have a bad money mindset. And I didn't know that at the time, but I know that now because when I hired my first business coach, and let me tell you, honey, I do my research before I hire or pay anybody because I know everybody's <laughs> on the internet claiming to be an expert in something and I don't believe you. So yeah. I will do my research. I want to know your success. I want to know your client success. I want to know your retention rate. Like I want to know it all. And I hired my first business coach because she said, if you have income, if you have not had four months of consistent income, then you need help. And I was like, yep, that's me. And, um, she was 15,000 for the year and I didn't have $15,000. And I thought, oh, I don't have $15,000 sitting in the bank, so I can't afford her. And then I was like, nope, this is what credit cards are for. And I said, I am just going to do exactly what she tells me to do. And I'm going to pay this off in a year. And because I showed up for every call, I asked a bunch of questions and I did exactly what she told me to do. I ended up paying it off in six months and then moving up to the next level of her coaching program. And the, the thing about investing to move further, everybody's so scared to do it when it comes to their own business, but you don't hear anybody saying that about college. And it is the exact same thing times a hundred. It is so much more expensive. It is so much more time consuming. And you come out of there thinking like, oh, now I got to apply for a job to make like zero money and like just hope I get a job. That's so true. (laughs) Mm. When you invest, you actually pay attention. Like I feel like the the fact that you Mm -hmm. invested and even whether you put it on a credit card, but it's like, oh, I have to pay this off. So I'm going to put in the work. And when you, when you invest, you like, it forces you to step up to the plate. Yeah, exactly. And I don't like wasting money. So that's why I was like, I know, like if I spend money on something, I am going to make it work because if not, it's a waste. And it shocks Mm -hmm. me how many people invest in these programs. I've had three business coaches now, all amazing, but I have seen people invest in these coaching programs and they're never on the calls and they're never Mm -hmm. asking questions. And I'm like, like, why would you invest in this? If you're not going to do the work, like you're throwing your money away. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. And then they complain, you know, a year later, yep. well, it didn't work. It didn't do anything for me. Well, no wonder. Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny that we're talking about this. I literally had a couple of conversations this week with uh, a couple of fellow like educators or business like experts or whatever talking about this and how scary and sad it is, especially as educators to realize that that's not uncommon. Like that's actually, I would say pretty common that a lot of students invest in education and then don't show up or don't complete it and then say it didn't work. And it's, we were just discussing how as educators we could work to change that because it's sad and it's, it's hard as an educator to take that money and then watch people and students not put in the work and be like, well, now I feel like I just ripped you off. So it's hard, but it's so important, I think, to invest and then show up and actually put in the hours and put in the work to see those results. I used to get mad at people who would like buy into my media mentoring program and they want it, they want it book their calls. And so Mm -hmm. I started telling them, I'm like, like from the very beginning, listen, I'm going to send you an email every month and I'm going to tell you to book your calls. And it's very important. And this is why. And if you don't do it, like you can't make it up later. Like I'm asking for an hour a month. Like it's not Mm -hmm. that hard. And like, I would get so mad at them 
for not doing what they were supposed to do. But at the end of the day, like we're all adults, we all know what needs to be done and you can't make people do something they they're not motivated to do. You can't make people have a work ethic that maybe they do not have. You can't make people, um, you know, do, do the work. And I think, Mm -hmm. I think I've, I've learned that I have to just be very clear from the beginning. Like, listen, everybody thinks, right? Like when it comes to earning media exposure, like you get in one place and then you're instantly famous and you don't have to do anything ever again. Wouldn't it that be lovely? That, <laughs> That'd is be great. Not, that is not how it works. And I am very vocal about that. Now, my competitors with their their marketing, they tell the completely opposite story, you know, because that makes for good ad copy and you'll get a lot mm-hmm. of clicks that way. But I am very open about the work that it takes to get done. And I say that, you know, before the sale and during this, during the process after you become a client, because I want you to be successful. But I think I don't know if it's because so much is online now, it makes things easier that people just assume everything's going to be easier. Or I don't know if it's a work ethic problem or if we're all just freaking lazy. But I think <laughs> I think people too are more focused on doing things that make them look cool online than doing things that actually make them successful in life. Oh, I totally agree with that. I totally agree with that. And I think that's probably even why people focus more on social media than like actually doing the behind the scenes because like taking a course or getting on a coaching call that actually requires like behind the scenes work. You're not going to put that on Instagram maybe, but it's, that's the hard work. That's what's actually going to move the needle. Whereas like social media is more like the quote unquote fun part. Yeah. I mean, I know people in online business who they are posting every other day about their million dollar business. But I know for a fact on the back end, they spent a million dollars to have that business and they are not profitable at all. And it's like, yeah. I don't want that. I would rather look like an idiot online and be rolling in the dough. Like, yeah. I think, I think it's all about, you know, I think people have to ask themselves, like, what does success look, look like? I mean, maybe it is just looking cool on social. Maybe you have, you're independently wealthy and you just want to look cool on social. Then, Hey, you do you. But like mm-hmm. some of us got bills to pay. And we have kids who need to go to school and they need to eat. So like, we actually have to be successful. And I know many successful people who are like, you would look at their social and you'd be like, oh, I don't, I, I have no idea. Like, I don't know. And they're raking in the dough. And then I know people on social who are big time influencers who are hurting month to month. Mm -hmm. Yep. Mm, that's just, that's a whole other topic of that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> that's a whole other <laughs> oh, but that's so good. Well, I think I would love to kind of continue talking about then how to pursue those other media avenues that will not only get you exposure and credibility and authority in your industry and your market, but also will actually turn that profit like the runners today for that app. So if we were going to talk about like pitching yourself to for a story or for a feature or something, do you have recommendations on writing or sending an email that stands out, catches people's attention, won't get ignored? And then kind of a second question to that, how to follow up or check in on that email without being obnoxious? (laughs) Yeah, no, that's a great question. So something, I mean, I can tell you how I I did something similar, how I pitched um, Pat Flynn's podcast. The very first time I pitched it um, to be on Smart Passive Income, uh, I was very new in business. Um, nobody knew me and I got on his podcast. 
Um, and I actually, I share that, um, exact pitch at podcastclout.com slash Pat, but I'll give you the quick story. Um, I made a video for him because I heard, again, you want to pitch people the way they want to be pitched. I think the last thing any of us needs is another email in our inbox. Um, but you got to get to somebody some way. So I heard Pat on a podcast say he gets 400 pitches a day, but nobody, nobody sends him a video pitch. So I was like, all right, Pat. Challenge accepted. I will send you a video pitch. So I made a quick, I don't even think it's three minutes long, um, video pitch. And then I emailed it to him and I hyperlinked the YouTube video. And then I use Boomerang. Um, the It's a Chrome extension and it basically mm-hmm. reminds you to follow up with somebody. So in a week, yep. I, I had it come back to me because um, he didn't follow up. And then I looked at the link and there was only one view on the video. And I knew that was me because I was just making sure it worked. Um, so then I followed up and I said, Hey, like, I think I, it was two sentences. And it, I said something like, you know, I noticed this didn't, you didn't watch it. So here, watch it. Um, and then, <laughs> and then he sent me an email and then I was on his podcast. I mean, in this honest to God over months, um, it, it took, it took months from the first pitch to me, actually to the pot, me being on his podcast, actually being released. It was a series of months, <clears throat> but if it wasn't for that follow-up, it would not have happened. And if it wasn't mm-hmm. for me being creative, making the video, it wouldn't have happened. And I told him I made the video because I heard him say that he doesn't get video pitches. So he knew that I wasn't sending him the same pitch that I was to 500 other people at the same time. Yeah. So that's, an, that's one example of how to do it. Um, another thing, so you want to know who you're pitching. Um, mm-hmm. And you want to say something personal to make it stand out because nobody does that. If you do that, you are unique right off the mm-hmm. bat. Another thing you can do that also helps, and I do this when I pitch CNN because they get tens of thousands of emails a day. And I know I have, I met somebody, I was speaking at, um, at, uh, the, the mom 2.0 summit, um, a couple of years ago in Austin. And, um, and I met, I met somebody at CNN and when I pitch her, I send her a tweet and I let her know that I pitched her a story because she's more likely to see a notification that somebody's tweeting her then she is one in 20,000 emails that day. Wow. And a lot of people are on Twitter and they're more likely, I mean, think of your own behavior. You're probably more likely to pay attention to a notification on Twitter from a stranger than you are an email from a stranger in your inbox. Especially yep. if we've been connected on social media and we've gone back and forth a few times before you yep. pitch me. That makes you yep. stand out. So it's not necessarily always about the email pitch. It's about what you do before the email. It's about, do you know this person? Can you say something that, um, that you have in common or say something, you know, like, oh, I heard you say this and then comment on it. If you're connected, like, where is that person active? Um, I'm not very active on my Facebook page. I'm more active on Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. So did you find me on those places? Did you send me a message? Like, do I know you? Because if you, if we're connected on LinkedIn and you tell me you sent me an email, then I'm going to go look for it because we're connected Mm -hmm. on LinkedIn and we had that conversation. Um, Another thing that increases your chances a lot, not just in the email or in the follow-up, but telling that person you're going to share it. Like if you Mm -hmm. interview me on your podcast, I'm going to share it with my audience. And that's something that I always do, not just with being on a podcast, but if you quote me in an article, I'm going to share it with my audience over and over again, and I'm going to tag you so you see that I'm sharing it. Because this is something... It drives me nuts when my clients don't do this because this honest to God is where you get the profit from the publicity. Everybody thinks, oh, I was on this podcast. Everybody heard me and now they're all going to come follow me and now they're going to buy my stuff. 
It doesn't work like that. I wrote for Inc. Magazine for two years. I wrote about earning media in Inc. Magazine. And every single time somebody sent me a message about working with me because they noticed my article in Inc., it was always on social media. And it was after I shared the article on social media. It was never somebody stumbling upon me because they were reading an Inc. article and came back. Because nine times out of 10, if that happened, this is how it's going to happen. They're going to find you in Inc. Magazine, and then they'll find you on social, and then they'll just click follow, and then they'll go away. Or they'll connect with you on LinkedIn, and then they'll go away. But then when they're following you, and you're consistently posting every day, you are going to be top of mind. Because they're Mm -hmm. seeing little reminders of who you are and what you do every day. And then they're going to see you post maybe another Inc. article, and then they're going to reach out. So everybody thinks it's like a one and done thing. This is a, you are building your brand slowly over time. Mm -hmm. So when I say, yes, it's the email, be personable. Yes, follow up um, and make sure you're tracking your follow-ups. Don't follow up with the same freaking thing once a week for a year. Because remember, if if they don't get back to you after a year and you see they're opening up the emails, like you got to tweak the pitch. It's not working. So I suggest don't follow up. Follow up once a week no longer than a month. Because if they're not biting after a month, it's not working. You got to change something. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I always tell people too, like, hey, if you interview me, if you use my quote, let me know, send me a link because I will share it with my social media audience repeatedly. And I always do because it's good for me. It's good for my brand to show my followers that I'm earning media exposure and you appreciate it because I'm sharing your content with my audience to bring you more followers. Mm-hmm. Christina, this uh, is pure gold. <laughs> I'm, just even from my perspective, like obviously I'm not a, like a media outlet. I guess we, uh, this podcast technically is. Yes, you um, are. hundred percent you are. <laughs> Christina's like, I guess, uh, uh, I, guess, I guess I was thinking of myself from a photographer's perspective, even like, Evie, I know you get this too. Like when we would get emails from editors trying to edit for us or people trying to reach out to second shoot, um, or even like brand collabs that are trying to reach out. If I get an email and I can tell it's a copy and paste mass yep. email, immediately delete. Don't even respond. Like if they yep. didn't personalize my name and they're like, hi, I saw, I saw your blog about lifestyle. And I'm like, absolutely not trash. Like yeah. it, it can, it matters. And like when somebody, I think Evie, we've both received this where we've received an email where it's like a video that was custom made to us. And it's like, hi, Evie. Yep. Hi, Lindsay. Like, I just really want to, like, it matters. And I'm like, whoa, it just like cuts through all the crap. And I'm like, okay, I want to work with you. Yeah. And tell me yeah. how rare those are. Once. Oh, so rare. Like once <laughs> yeah. a year. Isn't it crazy though? Like yeah. it's not rocket science. It's actually like being strategic, but being strategic takes time. And again, yeah. I don't know why the hell people aren't taking time to do things strategically. But like when you do it, yes, maybe you're pitching 10 people a day instead of 100, but you're going to have a much higher conversion rate. Yeah. It's so good. And I loved what you said about almost like the the nurture sequence, because I I think a lot of people do think, oh, I got featured. Great. You know, everything's going to just explode now. Like I'm good to go. But there are like sequences and almost like funnels that you want to take them through of you know, establishing who you are, how you're going to meet their needs, how you're going to show up for them, how you're going to serve them, how, why they should continue to serve up for, show up for you, why they should purchase from you. Like you can't just show up once in a magazine or whatever and assume that everyone immediately knows exactly who you are and why they should 
stay or show up or purchase. So I love that you just kind of basically like twisted our thinking a little bit in it's not just one and done. Like you have to put in the work afterwards as well. Yeah. And I think that's a big misconception too, because again, like that's what the marketers tell you. That's what they want you to believe because they'll sell more products. But in real life, think of, think of the people that you follow that you admire. You see them a lot over time in different Mm -hmm. places. That is exactly what you need to do for yourself to build a brand. You didn't just see somebody one time and you were sold on them and then you never saw them again. You Mm -hmm. see them repeatedly. And then when you see them on their own platforms, they're sharing stuff about what they're doing in other places. They're sharing speaking engagements or other interviews. So I think people are very focused when it comes to marketing. They're very focused on their perspective. And they're not thinking about about their own behavior when they look at other brands and other products and other services. Um, It's not about the quick ROI. Again, I think podcasting, I think being a guest on a podcast does lead to a quicker ROI than other forms of media. But it's not like you're on one podcast once and then all of a sudden, you know, your business is made. It is a slow brand build. And that's why people need to be patient with this. It's, It's kind of like a word of mouth and a referral thing. It's hard Mm -hmm. to track. It's hard to measure. It's like, oh, I listen to this podcast. Do you hear this one? And then you subscribe. Like you can't track where that subscribe click came from. It's just you're slowly building your brand. People are talking about you in Facebook groups. People are talking about you at their networking events. And if you do a little bit every day, it's like climbing a mountain. You're getting higher and higher and higher. Oh, so good. So good. (laughs) Okay. The next question as we're kind of nearing the end is a big one. So we ask all of our guests this question. What is the biggest lesson you've learned in business? I would say the money mindset thing. Like mm-hmm. I think after I, I spent that 15000 on that first coach and then I made it back, I was like, oh, so you can just like make money if you want it. And then I think also once I realized I was in charge of how much money I made and it wasn't a boss telling me this is how much you make and next year you'll get a 2% raise, which, you know, after taxes ends up being, you get an extra $20 for the year or something. <laughs> <Yeah. like that>. Um, <laughs> I was like, the, the biggest lesson is just money. You can always make more of it. Even if you lose it, you can make more. Mm-hmm. And I know people may be looking at me saying, oh, well, you have a successful business. That's easy for you to say. Well, when I put $15,000 on a credit card, I didn't. When I, I mean, I didn't. And um, I, I read Profit First years ago. And yes. Yes. yeah, I'm a big fan. I mean, it really is helpful. A lot of people, again, if you want to look cool on the Instagram, um, you may be spending too much money to do that. But I am somebody who lives below my means. I pay mm-hmm. myself. I follow the Profit First model, but I pay myself less than it suggests. And I save more. And that just makes me feel better. Um, So I can invest money back in my business. But I also think too, going back to money mindset, like I was side hustling when I worked full time. I I was not one of the, and I, I don't advise people to, oh, just quit your jobs and start your business. I think everybody, everybody who works a full time job should have a side hustle. And everybody thinks, oh, entrepreneurship, like that's so risky. And I, and I think, no, having a job is risky because your boss doesn't care about you or your family. Like it's mm-hmm. your job to make your boss more money. And I think the fact that jobs are risky has became very apparent in, in March and April of this year when millions yep. of people were laid off. And that's, yeah. that speaks to, to, again, to my point of you should, everybody should have a side hustle. You shouldn't, you shouldn't 
put your livelihood in somebody else's control who doesn't care about you or your family. Like you have to have a side hustle. You have to be making money and you have to invest it in yourself and back in your business to get further faster. Because, Mm. you know, in many cases, college doesn't do that for a lot of people. Um, you know, depending on what you go to college for and what you end up doing. And then you just totally change your mind and you're like, well, got to pay to learn something new now. So mm-hmm. I think just, just investing in yourself, but invest wisely. You know, like I told you about the research I do before I pay somebody, like mm-hmm. do your research. And, and if you do it well and you invest it well, you will get it back. Mm, so that was good. no that, that was, was the best long. that was so <laughs> good I'm literally over here like trying so hard to keep my hands down because I just want to start <laughs> clapping like yeah. I literally am ready to just like break into applause right now <laughs> so good I'm ready to go off and like go pitch myself to like so many things now I'm like yeah. okay yeah, yeah. Honey, let's go <laughs> Oh, that's so good. Christina, you are freaking amazing. I mean, I knew it before coming onto the show, but I am literally obsessed with you right now. Um, (laughs) So for anyone who is equally obsessed with you right now and wants to connect with you, wants to learn from you or work with you, where can they find you and just plug in with all of the stuff that you're doing? There are so many ways and so many places. Um, since we're on a podcasting app right now, you can find my podcast at become a media maven. Um, there's more of this over there. Um, I mentioned, um, the pitch that I used to get on Pat's podcast. You can get that at podcastclout.com slash Pat. Um, I'm on social and I talk back. I don't just like post and ghost. So you can find (laughs) me there (laughs) at Christina all day. Um, so many things. Oh, one more thing. I mentioned um, my dietitian in um, San Diego who got that five-minute mm-hmm. segment. I have, um, I have a quick little video masterclass where I share her exact pitch that we sent word for word. It's not a template. It's the word for word pitch that we sent to the TV station. Um, and she was literally on two days after she sent it. And then I tell you about what happens after in more detail. And you can get that at pitchpublicityprofit.com. And I think that's oh, perfect. I think those are all the things. I'm sure there's more that you, <laughs> you could find it you, online somewhere through all of those ways. You're like, those are the entry doors to everything <laughs> yeah. else. Yeah. <laughs> a door to walk through. Oh, oh my I gosh. Love it. You are literally so incredible. Thank you so much for taking your time to be on the show. We are honored and stoked to have you. This, I cannot wait for this episode to come out, honestly. Like, yeah. you're going to lose their minds. <laughs> it's going to be so good. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you ladies have me on. You're so fun. Oh, you're the best. <laughs>